This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect. We're helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. Diesel engines are different from gasoline engines. Who who knew? I didn't know. Java, I don't know if Java knew. Java didn't know. But our guest (laughs) knows Charlie Melton, automotive, former, retired, recently retired automotive instructor at the Clinton High School Career Complex. He's going to answer questions about diesel engines. So we want you all to ask away. How are they different? What maintenance do they need? How long do they last? Welcome back to AutoCorrect, Charlie. Well, thank you. We are so glad to have you here. Uh, We've been on a couple times in the past, and you have such a great teaching mentality, and I think our listeners are really going to love it. All right. I know nothing except for when you're at the gas pump, do not put the diesel in the the gas car and don't put the gas in the diesel car. Uh, Tell us just a real high overview. What are two or three differences between a diesel engine and a gasoline engine? Well, if you think about a diesel engine, gasoline, first of all, a gasoline engine is uses spark to uh, ignite the fuel and in a diesel engine it uses compression it does not have no spark it has no spark plugs uh, it does have a glow plug and a glow plug warms the cylinder up but that's the difference they're still four-stroke engines they work exactly the same way but it, really the main thing is how the fuel is ignited okay that, that so why would uh, some why might someone pick a diesel vehicle over a gasoline vehicle? Well, you got to understand before it was better fuel economy. That was one of the main reasons it was better fuel economy, and, and it costs less for a while. It, and it costs less to maintain it. Oh, uh huh. It, it doesn't anymore because, uh, just like Allison said, now they have decided to put all the smog control and all the electronics on a diesel as they did a car. Oh, okay. And so it's almost just as expensive to run a diesel as it is a gasoline. But do they last longer Well, now? they will last about the same, I would say, because cars now, I got one that has 356,000 miles on it, a mm-hmm. car, gasoline. Mm-hmm. Well, diesels, you can get 500,000 miles off it if it's maintained. Right. Just like yeah. anything else. Right. Now, uh, I was mentioning, oh, I love the Amazing Race. Oh, I just found Amazing Race Australia on YouTube. So anyway, that's that's beside the point. But, uh, you know, when you travel to different countries like they do on this show, a lot of times they'll show that there are more diesel vehicles than in other countries. Do you know, do you have any idea why that might be? Well, the United States is really the only country that uses a lot of gasoline. Most all European countries and anywhere else else in the world uses diesel fuel. Oh. Because, once again, you got to understand diesel fuel was a byproduct of making gasoline at one time. That's mm-hmm. uh, the, how they refined the uh, petroleum, and that was one of the byproducts. matter of fact, diesel was a trash fuel. They didn't really use it. Farmers used it, and that was it. And now... Everybody uses it. Oh, my goodness. So that is so interesting. We're talking about diesel engines. Our email address for your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. 
Allison, you had some friends and other people who mentioned on your Facebook page uh, some of their questions about diesel. What was what? What is something you want to know, or something one of them asked? Yeah, so I, I made a little post about it on Facebook because I absolutely love to see what all my friends and fans are are what they're thinking in the automotive industry and give them a voice. Um, my good good friend Stephen Mooney, who I race with, asked, "What is death?" Um, so I'm I'm sure that's just a question that a lot of D E F D E F. I know what it is, but what I'll, is I'll let Charlie explain. Really what it is is diesel is all split is what it's called. And what it is used for, uh, gasoline vehicles have uh, catalytic converters on them, and diesel engines have particulate converters on them. They're the same thing as a catalytic converter, but the particulates are bigger. And so what they did, if you think about death fuel uh, <laughs> additive, that is a urine. Yeah. It is an artificial <laughs> urine is what it is. And what they do, they put it in there to help the chemicals will help dissolve those uh, particulates from diesel fuel. All right. What's what's another one you got? Um, is diesel a good option for normal passenger cars? And I definitely know how I feel about this, so we'll let Charlie talk about it. It is today because the economy is going that direction, and you, uh, diesel fuel, is, like I say, it's used all over the world uh, more than it is in the United States, but it is good uh, for passenger cars today because now you used to hear a diesel come down the road. Today you don't hear a diesel because they don't clatter. They don't make the noise like they used to. Or smoke. Or is, smoke or anything. Yeah, like they, like they used to. Because yep. of the uh, pollution devices that they put on there, the smog devices. Right, which drives some people crazy. Oh, yes. Diesel. Well, oh, yes. <laughs> we can talk about that alone. Yes. Well, I'm let's sure. go to Hattiesburg mm-hmm. and see what Robert has to say. Robert, thanks for calling in. We're so glad you did, and we want uh, to encourage lots of other folks to call in. It could be about diesel. It doesn't have to be uh, because we want to steer you in the right direction for whatever your automotive questions are. So, Robert, what? Uh, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Well, I've got several questions. Um, I... I've been. I've owned my first diesel, the 2500 uh, 2019 Ram, for the last year, and I've just got a couple of questions about some old possible myths of diesel, and a few questions about some uh, new modern diesel engines. Uh, first question being, leaving the engine running, uh, I do a lot of stopping and starting, a lot of driving, hauling, dropping off trailers, picking things up stopping for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, uh, going somewhere else. And I pretty much just leave the vehicle running. Because one of the things that I had heard about diesels in the past was that it was better to just leave it running. And uh, it wasn't hurting the fuel economy that much. So any comments on that? It's not really hurting the fuel economy, but what it is hurting is the particulate filter. That is uh, okay. that is why they asked you to cut it off after five minutes because they don't you leaving it in idle because it's producing more smog and the particulates you know if you understand what particulates are it's carbon and carbon is stopping up that filter so that's why they asked you to cut it off. So back in the day it didn't have this system as or intensive a system and so that you would let it right. run. Yeah, back right. in the day you could let it run all day long, but yep. now with the EPA and all they want you to cut it off. All right, so with that particulate filter, is that something that I can just change out a little more frequently if I'm doing this or just stop doing uh, what I'm doing? I'll tell you that. Stop you, it 20 times a day. You can't change it out unless you change the whole system. It's like a catalytic converter. 
and okay. you'd have to cut it off and go to the uh, shop and get a new converter put on it. That's what, really what it is. Gotcha. All right, uh, question number two. Deleting what I suspect is the vehicle's uh, air filtration uh, system. Well, not air filtration, but uh, emissions system. Uh, I hear everyone saying, oh, when you get past 100,000 miles, you better delete it. You better delete it. And then some people say, oh, yeah, I had started having trouble after my truck was deleted. And I, I realize that's probably something to bypass uh, the EPA regulations. But is that something that's going to cause trouble to the vehicle? Or if I don't even intend to keep the vehicle past 100,000 miles, something I should even worry about? Well, I can give you a good example about that. It just happened on a 2016 Colorado. Uh, the owner of the vehicle had it and his uh, death fuel, I mean, uh, added exhaust fuel light came on and said that it was improper, that it was contaminated. It wasn't contaminated. What it was, his knock sensors came on. He had to replace both knock sensors, had to take it to the uh, shop, have them reprogrammed. It cost him about $600. Now, you talk about uh, bypassing it. Once you bypass it, you got to understand the computer itself is it has a parameter that it reads all of those inputs. And as it reads those inputs, you could get lower fuel mileage or you could get better fuel mileage according to how you bypass it, what chip you put in it to change it. And that check okay. engine light will stay on if you don't do something. Right. It sounds so like to me it's better just to, when, when you go to have good. a problem with the system, as like when you have a catalytic converter problem, don't straight pipe the catalytic converter. No. Don't bypass this emission right. system. Just go ahead and replace the emission system, right. whatever it costs. And I got to understand, warranties <laughs> on the emission systems are 80,000 to 100,000 miles. So those are your warranties. Those are standard warranties, 80,000 to 100,000 miles. Yeah, I think that's by vehicles. law they have yeah. to do that by EPA okay. standards. All right, one more question about the fuel. Uh, Go ahead. Is, is the only difference in highway and off-road diesel the die for the tax? Is it going to hurt anything if I put, you know, we're new, normally using off-road diesel in, uh, in our machinery, excavators, equipment, things like that. But if I, you know, I'm putting highway diesel in that I keep in my auxiliary tank, and on top of that, that's not a problem, is it? What do you have there? You have the difference in the sulfur content of the diesel fuel. Okay, you have low sulfur and you have high sulfur. Uh, just understand that high sulfur is more concentrated. The sulfur is going to uh, stop that um, particular filter up again. So you, okay. you don't really well, need right. to mix them. Right, that definitely. Okay, okay. But So keep the off-road in the off-road. Right. And, uh, and I will give you okay. a good little uh, tidbit on that. If you get stopped and just say DLT or somebody checks that fuel and it's red because uh, it has that dye in it, you will be fined. Well, right. That's And that's not the issue. I, what I do is I always fill up with the highway diesel in case I'm in a situation where I need to put some from the tank into the truck. And so we just very rarely use any off-road diesel in the machine. Yeah, so I don't think that would. Highway diesel in the machine. I wouldn't think that would hurt it too, you know, if it's not a constant thing. Okay. All right. Well, I think that does it for my questions. Uh, enjoying the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Robert, we're so glad you called in. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about diesel engines, but is your car under recall? We've got a list of ones that are. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. 
Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. I'm Jen White with NPR. If you're fortunate enough to have collected a few classic cars over the years, here's a thought. Give them a new life by donating one or more to support this station. They'll be matched with interested buyers, collectors just like you who know a great car when they see one. You free up some space in the garage, the classic car gets a new home, and proceeds support this station. It's a win-win. Thanks in advance. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill, and our guest today is Charlie Melton, automotive instructor at the Clinton High School Career Complex. But if you want even more AutoCorrect, please find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 and we're going to be going to South Life. We're going to broadcast live from Trustmark Park in Pearl, Saturday, July 31st. Uh, Charlie, if you're in the area, come drop by. We're going to broadcast live 11 a.m. Saturday from the car show South Life Trustmark Park in Pearl. Here are the recalls for the week. The Audi A4 S4 TT was added to a list of Takata-related inflator replacements. Dealers will replace the airbag inflator with an alternative one for free. Suspension issues prompt recalls for 380,000 Cadillac SRX Saab 9-4X SUVs. Dealers will replace the adjustable tow link with a non-adjustable one for free. But here we go, folks. If you have one of these Cadillacs or these Sobs, owners are advised to stop and further avoid driving their vehicle if they experience certain malfunction indicator lamp warnings or other issues, such as unusual steering behavior. We've got some 2020-21 Nissan Sentras recalled for bent tie rods. Dealers will inspect and replace the bent tie rods as necessary for free. But you can find out if your particular car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recall. Just put in your VIN or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking about diesel engines, but that's just between your other vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a full slate of calls, and we're going to go first to Starkville, where everyone is celebrating the Bulldogs National Championship uh, baseball win. Shirley, yeah, they beat Vanderbilt last night. National champions. Awesome. Shirley, what's your comment or question for AutoCorrect? Okay, thank you for your program. So we used to have a 1982 Volvo diesel. Uh, My dad always told me that a diesel engine lasts longer than a gasoline one. So anyway, but here's the thing. Uh, You know, the phrase was uh, that... 
uh, type of uh, Volvo. They're clunky, but they're good. Um, and so the thing is, when you would take off, uh, like after you've stopped uh, at a traffic light or whatever, and then, uh, you know, try to get up to speed, it would slow. It would sort of, um, I don't know what the uh, scientific name for it, but it didn't have much get up and go <laughs> in vernacular. That's so, a scientific name. <laughs> <laughs> has, uh, has anything been done to improve that aspect of the diesel engine, you know, in the newer vehicles? Well, if you think about that, uh, really, it's called the hesitation is what we're doing. It wasn't going it, when you stepped on the accelerator. Now, all diesel engines now, the fuel is more precise. It's all electronic uh, injectors. Most of them are not mechanical injectors anymore. So that's going to change the way that vehicle takes off. A lot of our vehicles today, if there's diesel or gas, are drive-by-wire. And that means that you just have a wire going from the accelerator to wherever is pushing the air to get into the system. And mm-hmm. those are very responsive with the computers so more computers they put on them better response you'll have with the vehicle well of course in those days too the diesel fuel was uh, less expensive and now it's turned just the opposite direction you know that diesel now seems to be more expensive than the gasoline but uh, well thank you for that Shirley, I appreciate you uh, giving that memory because I've never had a diesel car, but if I think of diesel cars, I think of Volvos. I'll give you a good little example about a diesel and rather, well, how they really started in the uh, big three, that's Chrysler, Ford, and Chevrolet, is that General Motors took a regular 350 engine and they turned it into a diesel, and that's what they were putting in cars, and they had so much trouble with all those cars. Oh, oops. <laughs> well, they were doing gasoline to diesel, and the engine was it made for it. All right. Thank you, Shirley. We appreciate you calling in. Let's go to Loosedale now and talk with Jamie. Jamie, what's your comment or question for AutoCorrect? Got some of both. Uh, just to let people understand the, the difference in between diesel and gas when you're purchasing something. 2000, we purchased some pickup trucks and compared fuel mileage, diesel versus gas, and the price. The price of diesel and gas are about the same. We would have to, to get the diesel engine, we would have to go 150,000 miles just to get to the break-even point of, of the offset of the engine cost then. Now that's probably about 300,000 miles to be able to get to the same, you know, break-even point. But uh, also, you know, the I, my question is, is I see so many diesel shops. There's one in Florence and there's one in Mobile that there'll be 20 or 30 pickup trucks sitting out to be worked on and we also have semi trucks and I'm just wondering if this if the the pickup trucks with that particular engine in them and they're not running very you know a lot of miles we have semis that have a million to a million and a half that's never been touched versus some pickups that you know when they get to be 150 200,000 miles you you know you take them to the shop and spend lots of money so kind of my question do you think that people are buying trucks with diesel engines in them that's just pulling their boats around and they don't really need it and can't justify it and is that why you see so many that's being worked on 
Well, with me teaching high school and all these seeing these young students coming in there, uh, 17 to 21 years old, yeah, they're buying the diesels because they sound good and they're just running them around town. You're exactly right. And like I say, a diesel, if you notice, they're made to run. They're not made to just sit around They because they have the pulling power. And that is the reason why a lot of the young kids and young men and women are buying diesels because they sound good and they're really not using them to what they need to be used for most of the time. Well, that's yeah, the I same bet. thing with these great big SUVs. You know, people are, I guess you could haul kids around in a minivan, but, uh, you know, they're buying these great big expensive SUVs to haul kids around in, too. It's part of what you, your status and and what you want to look like. I'll give you a good example. I was driving down the highway the other day and I told my wife, I said, look at that vehicle. It had a, I guarantee you, a 10-inch pipe <laughs> underneath yeah. the vehicle. 10 inches yeah. now. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of my thought, too, is they're not using these, you know, a, a pickup truck, a three-quarter ton or a one ton, and we have those also, and we put, you know, 35-foot gooseneck trailers, and they do wonderful, and we get good service out of them. But then I'll talk to somebody that has one that goes to the on the weekend, takes their fishing boat, and they're having all kind of trouble with the same truck. And I just don't think that they're using them to the capacity that they're built for, and that's why they're having problems with them. Uh-huh. But also, you know, the gas engines now, they're doing so much better. They have so much more torque and horsepower than they used to. Now, they still are not the pulling power that the diesel has, but they also cost about $12,000 more in the same truck compared to what, you know, a diesel versus the gas engine. So can you justify it? Uh, well, you can't really justify it because, like you said, a, a gasoline engine, a brand-new gasoline engine is going to cost you anywhere between eight and $9,000 now completely built. But, you know, you think about a diesel engine that's going to get you a million miles on it because they're really diesels are road vehicles. They're not put-around-town vehicles. Right. Uh, Only if they use them for that purpose of getting right. around and pulling and doing what they're made for. So that, anyway, right. that's my comments. I'm, 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 I think we're on the same page here. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, well, we're glad you called in, Jamie. Thank you so much. We're also glad that Jimmy has called in from McCool. Jimmy, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? My comment is on the, uh, diesel emissions. Um, most folks... When they delete the stuff on their vehicle, it's really illegal. Now, if you got a new vehicle and you delete all the DPF and all that, and you have to go back to the dealership, they won't touch it. Actually, they'll turn you in. You know, we work on basically heavy equipment, and the EPA comes out and checks us every now and then, makes sure we're in compliance. You know, if anything is out of whack. You get a fine, a citation, you know, and that uh, you see a lot of young kids. They'll go and put dual exhaust on a diesel pickup. That uh, tip on the back of your truck, that, that big old tip, vented tip, that's there for a reason. That there is to suck the exhaust gas out more efficiently and bring it within compliance. You know, a lot of folks don't know that. Well, you think about that as um, this is how I look at it. If you're going to do, if you're going to modify your vehicle, 
any way, I don't care if it's gas or diesel, if you're going to modify your vehicle, you don't take it back to the dealer because the dealer, like you say, they're not responsible. So that's no. that's my opinion on that. But I do see a lot of uh, young men and young women modifying those vehicles, and most of them just take it to a shop that they know. They don't usually take it back to the dealer because, like you're saying, they can turn you in uh, because it is against the law to modify. If it Take any of that EPA stuff off. Jimmy, I appreciate you letting folks know that, and it's, you know, your life, your job, your responsibility on what you're going to do with your car. (coughs) Thanks, Jimmy. We appreciate you calling in. Let's take one more call before our break. Thanks, Todd, for calling in. You're on the road. Uh, Drive extra safe, but we love our listeners who call in from the road. Todd, what's your comment or question? Hi, I'm Todd, and I'm, this is my first time to call. Woohoo! Yeah, I love this show. Thank you for the chance to speak. But my question is, why, why, if the diesel fuel is a byproduct of gasoline, why is it so much higher than gasoline? Well, you can look at that supply and demand. Because now there's more diesel vehicles out there, and that's really what it is, supply and demand. Because, like I say, it used to be, uh, you could always say it was 25 to 50 cents cheaper a gallon. But now it's 319 a gallon here in Pearl. You know, so uh, I'd say it's supply and demand myself. All right. Well, that's that's great to know. I just, I couldn't understand if it's a byproduct, it's it's not really as important as the gasoline but then i guess like you say supply and demand yeah thanks well, listen uh thank you for accepting my call and uh you guys are great love you uh we love to hear that todd thank you so much for calling in if you want to call in, we'd love to hear from you. We've got some room. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Diesel vehicle information is our extra info today between your vehicle repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Thank you 
for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and our guest is Charlie Melton, automotive instructor at the Clinton High School Career Complex, retired. So we hope that you download our app for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution because contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. Thank you so much for your support to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. Now, in the news, Toyota tops the list of corporate donors to anti-election certification Republicans in Congress after the Capitol insurrection. That was all in my Twitter feed, so whatever you want to make of that information, there you go. We're talking about diesel vehicles. Between your other vehicle repair questions, email your questions. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Homer, who is calling from Lyon. Homer, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Uh, enjoying the show. I have a uh, 99 Ford F-250 uh, 7.3 engine. Got a couple of injectors that's bad on the truck. Of course, Ford is very proud of these injectors. Now, I've people have told me don't put anything other injector in there back in it except a Ford injector. That's one question. And my thinking on this, and I could be totally wrong, if, do they have to, it, would it be more feasible for me to just replace, it's got two bad injectors on it, than to just go in and why they're putting injectors in there, uh, to just replace all of them. I mean, is it the is this individually on an injector feasible just to replace the one of uh, the one or two that's bad, or just replace all of them while they're in there? I don't know how far they gotta tear it up. I mean, from your experience being a diesel mechanic. And one other thing is, what is the one worst thing? that you've seen people do with a diesel engine that probably would shorten the life of it. Okay, the first thing I'm going to tell you what they, the worst thing they can do for it is not change that air filter because okay. I understand that the that's a compression engine and it gets all that air. It comes straight through the, that air filter, straight into that uh, air charger. Now, I will tell you on a 7.3, I'm a big fan of a 7.3 uh, liter engine. I think that was the best engine out there. Versus the Cummins? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Yes, I always, like to, I always like the 7.3. But now on the yep. injectors, let's talk about the injectors now. Um, in order to get to the injectors, they got to pull the valve covers on both sides. Okay, so as they're pulling the valve covers on both sides, your four injectors are there on each side. According to how long you're going to keep that engine, is it feasible to change them all? Because usually what happens to an injector, either the uh, electronic part goes bad or the needle itself gets pitted because there was water or there was something inside the fuel that pitted the uh, pin that uh, opens and closes. 
And those are, you know, if it was a big contamination problem where you had water or something getting into the fuel, then I would say change them all. But according to how long you're going to keep the vehicle and how much you want to put in it. Now, another thing I will tell you that you can take those injectors out and you can take them down to an injector shop and they can rebuild those injectors and they will be Ford injectors. The same injectors that came out of it, but they'll just completely rebuild them. I know of a shop in Pearl. They wouldn't take my injectors for my race car, but is there another injector shop in the area? Or, or maybe that's the one I'm talking about that does that. They're the only ones I've ever heard of. Well, I know there are some in Jackson off okay. uh, South Street. I'm okay. taking their uh, injector it, pumps. Is it some in Memphis you know of? No, I don't know about Memphis. I'm not up there, but I do Surely know there's there some. I'm sure there are some in there. Just because, you know, if you call uh, Truck Pro or something like that, that deals with uh, heavy trucks, they will let you know where to take them to because they're not going to go out and buy new injectors all the time. That's why I love this show. Hey, good information. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, Homer, we're so glad that you called in, and we're glad you love us. Thank you. Let's go to Meridian and talk to Mac. Mac, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Uh, yes. Uh, the guy that had a question about why diesel is more expensive, uh, from what I understand, the uh, kerosene and uh, and diesel are, they take the same range of hydrocarbons. So you're kind of having to go, do I want more diesel or more kerosene? Oh, oh. You're talking about the byproduct of how it's refined, right? Correct. Right. Like I say, because if you look at the levels of the refinery, is that uh, you can use kerosene. Uh, believe it or not, uh, the Army has these fuels called multi-fuel vehicles, and they can use anything in there. I'm talking about burn oil, cooking oil, anything, kerosene, diesel, whatever, even gas uh, in those type of engines. But it's just like, once again, it's according where the diesel and the kerosene, according to how much, uh, like I would say, how much hydrocarbons in it, that's unburnt fuel is what that is, hydrocarbons anyway. Right. Uh, that, that's what I was, I was getting at is that, um, like, during the winter, they produce more kerosene and less diesel, so that's why the prices are going higher than regular gas. Okay. At least that's my understanding. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know, Mac. We appreciate that. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's uh, round up this uh, part of the show with Adam Adam from Loosedale. Adam, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question today? Yeah, hi. I was uh, listening to the lady talk about the Volvo car that was a slow takeoff car. Uh, I'm a huge Ford fan, born and raised in Fords, and I love loud V8s. Who doesn't love a loud V8? So, now, Ford makes these 7.3 power strokes, and if you knock the exhaust apart, they sound wonderful. I bought an 06 four-door, one-ton dually, and I would drive it from Tappan, North Dakota, to Toma, Wisconsin, on a regular basis, and I would get somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 to 16 miles per gallon. My boss had a 04 Cummings turbo diesel, four-door, one-ton dually, and he had uh, it deleted and turned up a little bit, and um, it will keep your head laid back in the seat to 90 miles an hour, and it gets to right around 26 miles per gallon. That's really all I wanted. 
Thanks for sharing your experience with us, Adam. We love hearing about people's car memories and uh, uh, car reminisces. Thank you. We're discussing diesel vehicles and taking your repair questions. Or we just let Allison. We just let Allison and Charlie talk. I could listen to them all day. <laughs> you can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. It's a diesel. And this is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. If you're heading on that great American road trip this summer, we have the perfect vehicle for you. It's the 2021 Chevy Tahoe Premier Edition with the diesel engine. You'll know from the outside with the big chrome grille, the 20-inch alloy wheels, and the in-your-face styling. Moving inside, it's all luxury. With heated and ventilated front leather seats, we got the heated leather seats in the middle row captain's chairs, tri-zone automatic climate control, Bose audio, the twin panel sunroof, 4G Wi-Fi and wireless device charging. Everything you want to stay comfortable. On the safety front, it's got a widescreen heads-up display, which I think is really, really cool on the highway. And of course, it's got the full suite of crash avoidance systems. But under the skin is where it really starts to get interesting. It's powered by a three-liter turbo diesel engine. It's 20 miles per gallon in the city, 26 miles per gallon on the highway, and you can still pull 8,000 pounds with it. So you can hook out that RV or boat and take off. Ride comfort's greatly improved with an independent rear suspension and electronic controls. So let's talk about price. Tahoe starts just under $50,000. This one all in, $75,165. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. 
mpbthinkradio.org. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. and a replay Saturdays at 11. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. We are so excited that we've got Charlie Melton, a repeat guest, an automotive instructor at the Clinton High School Career Complex on the show today. We've been teaching Liz all about diesel, and we've also heard some reminiscences Reminiscings, reminiscence, uh, <laughs> memories of some of our, our listeners. So whether you have a diesel question or a gasoline question, we'd love for you to call in. Just like Alan from Mobile has. Alan, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Uh, the gentleman with the stuck injectors on the 7.3 liter, uh, if he desires, he can take that truck to an international truck dealer, the mechanic shop, and they can service that engine. The, the, the engine series began originally in farm equipment and then was adapted to the uh, heavier-duty Ford trucks, uh, typically wreckers and such. And number two, or he can go to any of the heavier truck mechanic shops and they will be able to rebuild those injectors in most cases they'll be able to put them on someone and uh it has been my experience that if you as an individual with a single vehicle go to the ford dealer for service on one of those engines it is tremendously expensive then uh also in a truck of that age, there is something that grows in the diesel fuel that's called algae, A-L-G-A-E. It's actually a plant material. And over that much time, the diesel is going to go all the way through the filters and all the way into an injector pump and then eventually to the injectors. But anywhere where that diesel is, even past the filter, algae can grow. And past that filter, there's going to be a small screen and piston somewhere about the size of a number one pencil or smaller. But that algae will grow into a little bitty netting in there that stops any solids, and it'll eventually stop the system. And if it can do that, it can grow past to those injectors some. So they make a chemical called diesel clean. And it's in a gray bottle. It's about $12 for a quart of it, but a quart treats uh, 100 gallons. If he's got a truck that old, he definitely needs to drop some in there. That'll help the problem with algae that's in his diesel. Because if he doesn't correct that problem, after he gets those first two diesel uh, injectors repaired, he's going to have the same problem with the others. Anything that's an older engine, now, now, now not the tractor trailers and the dump trucks, but uh, a do-it-yourselfer that's got an old diesel pickup truck, uh, go to any of the big stores or small stores, and it's called Diesel Clean, and it's specifically designed to destroy and prevent the algae from going in it. And that's just something that I have learned from practical experience, having to tear down an injector and try to figure out why it was that I had this, because it will give you all kind of headaches, and the mechanics will love to continue repairing your uh, injectors and stuff. They don't have to tell you anything because you're a return customer, and it can get that man's pocketbook hit really hard. 
that's what I had to say. Well, thank you, Alan. I didn't know things could grow in the fuel. That's what do you think about that, very interesting. Definitely curious what you have to yeah, say. Yeah, on that, you know, you always talk about cloudy diesel fuel, and what that is is the, once again, it's the sulfur content that's in that diesel. And if you go up north, they put heaters on the blocks. And the thing is, because the fuel will solidify, it'll get it solid. And what they're doing is trying to keep it where it doesn't cloud up, where the contamination and all will be able to go through the system. Because if it gets thick, it's not going to go through. How interesting. Let's go. Last call. Let's go to Janie and Jackson. Janie, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Oh, hey. Well, thanks for being there. Um, I'm getting older and kind of looking at the prospects of maybe buying a trailer and, uh, you know, a live-in trailer to pull around the country and go visit and sightsee and whatnot for about a year, which brings the question of I'm going to need something to pull a trailer like that, which is, let's just say, ten to 12,000 pounds or something. And, um, you, you know, your discussion about gasoline and diesel was interesting regarding torque and this, that, and the other. So would I do better with one or the other, or should I wait and maybe an electric vehicle, you know, in a year or two coming out um, would be a better purchase? Well, this is how I feel about that. I would say if you're going to go ahead and do it now is the time to do it because all the electric vehicles that are coming out have not been tested on the road. They've been tested by the manufacturer, but they've not been tested on the road as of the consumer. So I would go ahead and get a diesel now if I was you, either a 250 or a 350. That's going to pull that trailer if you want to use it all the time. Okay. Well, you know, you just bowled it down very quickly, and that's very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Janie, we appreciate you call, and uh, we really want to hear when you're finished car shopping. Uh, I'm very curious to find out uh, what you decide on, and, man, I lo- I'm in love with the idea that you're speaking with. The husband and the two dogs are not so much in liking the idea of traveling around, but uh, I'm with you, and I can't wait to hear what happens. And also to remind you, on June 17th, we did do a show on towing. So, uh, Charlie, r- remind us, if a vehicle is going to tow something, uh, you need to know how much your vehicle can tow. You need to know how much what your towing is going to weigh. Yeah, if you open up the door and you can look on the side post of the door or even your owner's manual, it would have a gross vehicle weight and it has your towing capacity, what that vehicle can tow. Now, you can get vehicles, excuse me, <coughs> get vehicles out there that tow more than you really want. So you want to make sure you get the vehicle that's right for you. That's interesting. And, you know, we were just looking at uh, you know, places you can you can rent trailers, kind of like Airbnb. Someone who owns a trailer, you can rent it for the, the week or whatever. But I guess you'd need to make sure whether uh, what kind of trailer hitch you have. And I guess the, 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 the hitches inside the bed, the balls with a, a gooseneck, does that take a special... Uh, type of truck to ha- to be able to have a goose to have a gooseneck. Uh, they just usually use three fifties and or four fifties, and they just make sure that they're mounted in the bed of the truck. 
All right. Let to be mounted. We just have one one minute left. Remind us if someone owns just a regular diesel passenger car, what are one or two things they need to do to maintain it? Always uh, make sure you change the air filter. That is one of the biggest things. Change the air filter and make sure you change the oil. Make sure you change the oil at the uh, right interval. And one other thing, make sure you use good death fuel uh, because, like I say, uh, the sensors are very sensitive and if it notices any contamination it's going to come on and it's going to stop your vehicle in the middle of the road where you can go 65 55 45 and go all the way down to four miles an hour so you want to make sure that you use the right type of diesel exhaust fluid so i know when i go and i look they have the different kinds of octane and then i guess they have the gasoline that doesn't have uh, something that like they like to put in small engines. Are there different kinds of uh, diesel at a, a station, or do you have to go to station to station has different kinds? Uh, most stations now have uh, the highway high sulfur diesel. Most of them are, I mean, uh, low sulfur diesel. So most of them are out there. You can find it anywhere. All right. Because there are more uh, passenger vehicles with diesels. Allison, what are you doing this weekend? Fourth of July. Are you racing anywhere? Um, no, um, I think maybe in a couple of weeks I'll be racing, um, but um, I haven't any plans for 4th of July. If anybody wants to pick me up on a boat in the rest, it's like, let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got other plans, other things going on. i got a pirate party to go to Friday and, uh, and you know, stuff stuff going on for sure. But, yeah, 4th of July, I'm, I'm still up in the air on what I'm, I'm going to do. But I'm all, I'm, I love, I love fireworks. I don't know they're bad for dogs. Well, God, there's fireworks tonight in Jackson. <laughs> Thursday night is the inaugural. Wow. For our mayor, there's fireworks on the mpbonline.org community events page. List the Gulfport and the Biloxi and all the fireworks everywhere. Fireworks probably Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Madison's doing a Monday. Wow. So you get fireworks all the time. Charlie, awesome. thank you so much. We, I, uh, he's retired now, Allison. We may snag him to have him come come play with us from a little bit more often. I can do it. That's going to wrap up today's autocorrect. Our call screener today is Jay White. Thank you, Java Chapman, for helping be our board engineer today. For Allison, do follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, The Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Thank you for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.